Hello, uh, Scroobius Pip here. This is weird, isn't it? This is an intro and warning before the intro and warning that come before the drunk cast. Um, these these conversations, it's a three-part thing, were recorded not this past Sunday, the Sunday before. Obviously, a lot has happened in between those in between those times. It was originally scheduled to come out um, last week. But I decided it felt more appropriate and more important to reissue the Killer Mike episode and the Akala episode. There's, there was tons I could have chosen from. The Black Lives Matter episode obviously j- jumps out as well. Um, but yeah, it felt more appropriate to put them out at that time and hold the drunk cast back here. But I wanted to pop up and explain the kind of timeline because obviously, as said, a lot has happened in that period. But I really appreciated getting to do this this drunk cast. I love everyone involved and I loved that we could have a safe and open space to discuss heavy things and to talk absolute nonsense and get drunk and be silly wallies it was the loveliest moment in these incredibly unusual and exhausting times but yeah just wanted to explain that big love to everyone um who's listening and everyone out there uh yeah figuring out how this new normal can be any anything near normal and where it can't go back to normal anyway let's get on with the drunk cast welcome 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 this is episode three of the isolation drunk cast featuring jade adams rich wilson Stuart whiffin and christopher glasson really enjoyed this one obviously you will have heard the first hour got understandably heavy for a long while uh, the second hour had its heavy moments. The third hour, I'm pretty sure, is just everyone dr- 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 drunk and dicking about. Have we had the... I'm tr- I'm trying to remember what went where. Have we had the um, the games yet f- f- from cr- Chris, the, uh, the pranks? If they were in part two, then you're welcome. Um, but if they're in part three, then you're in for a treat. Um... Yeah, I think they were in part two, weren't they? I can't remember. I don't know what's going on. This is part three. It's the longest of the lot because I kind of, at the hour marks, I thought, well, here's a clear point that we can cut and here's another clear point that we can cut them into two. And then I thought, and then we'll go on to a third part. And if it's a short one, it's a short one. And we couldn't stop ourselves because genuinely it was lovely to have a catch up with Rich and Jade and Chris and Stu, obviously. So yeah, good fun. Usual dr- dr- drunk cast w- warnings. It may get offensive. It may get s- silly. And again, finally, for the third time, there are a few sound issues, or there were a few tech issues. Um, so parts of this, we've had to use the Zoom recording. So it's not perfect, but thankfully, Buddy Pieces has ironed it to make it sound bloody lovely. Let's get into it. This is episode 328 of the Destruction Pieces podcast, Isolation Drunk Cast 3, part 3. I, I stopped on another story that's worse than my socks until oh, yeah, you yeah, got yeah. back. Come on, come oh, on. Sorry. Right, so on the socks, right, <laughs> I stand by it, right? I started it years ago, 
I said it's it's lucky. I don't really believe in luck and that, but I'm really happy with my life. So I'd, I'd rather happily continue it. It's more a, a tradition now. And also, as I've said numerous times, I read a stupid thing years ago about, about Einstein always wearing the same clothes to remove the amount of decisions that you have yeah. to make in your day so you're more functional. So mm. all my pants are exactly the same and all my socks are black and have got numbers on. So I'm not having to make a choice. I'll try to I'll put the nice ones on. What's so that? save time on. as well. Does that save time? It, it doesn't. I could, no, it depends how long you spend... A choosing your boxes from what Molly as, as, as says that's no time for you at the moment it's straight on to the old favourites <laughs> pop <laughs> them straight on I'm just thinking but, of that safe. go on sorry go on uh, I'm gonna... no but, 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 but so this next wait. one I can't wait I've, for this honestly it's caused issues in my relationship and there's, it's, it's 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 virgin on on trouble so before the the pandemic, uh, before I was, I had to I had to go to Canada to to shoot a a TV show. Before I'd confirmed that, I'd agreed to do a uh, a short film, and it's about this this weird guy who lives on his own in a caravan, and there's not really any dialogue. He's doing all these weird things, but one of the things about him, and this is going to tell you where it's going immediately, is he's got a little jar. That he keeps all his finger and toenail clippings in. I know. So, 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 as obviously they're going to get some fake ones and things like that. But as part of the thing, I was like, right, like we're not filming for two months. I'm going to start keeping mine and get into that as part of the process. I'll have my little jar. You can add to them, blah, blah, blah. I then got cast in this thing in Canada, which took priority over a short I was doing for free just because I liked the guys who were doing it. But as I went out to Canada, I'd, I'd left my little jar on the side. So it's just on the side. It's got a few months worth of toenail clippings in. Oh, Come yeah. back from Canada. We're in a pandemic. I'm not leaving the house. <laughs> I've not broken the habit yet. I've, I've kept just topping it up. Um, <laughs> the short film oh, has been made with someone else. Someone else has played the role. So there's no chance of it happening. But because I'd got a few months into it, yeah. it's like box sets and that. It's like I've started it. I've got to finish no. it. And now, no, honestly, you're completely right. I've got no explanation. I did it the other day. I cut my nails as I was, I was watching something. And I picked them up and walked towards the bin. And the, I cut my nails in the living room. The kitchen is the next room. My little jar of toenails is upstairs. And I really fucking hated myself for popping upstairs. And popping, <laughs> it, in, and popping it in my little jar. That's on the window still in the sun for some reason. You know what? Instead this is of when, this sun dried TV series, <laughs> like like police camera action or something like that. They need to do a TV series. It's like when smart people go wrong, because that's the problem with people like you. <laughs> is that you can do, you can be successful and you can write good albums, but you do psychotic things. And this toes, is <laughs> toes finger pubes. <laughs> toes fingers pubes, man. I know someone. I mean. I, I know mean, someone that collects Chris, a link Chris, from their belly button. I mean, Chris did give me a bag of his pubes as, as a Christmas present once. I so if we're gonna if we're gonna point fingers, I've remember there's my remember, remember every time you point a finger, there's four pointing back at you. <laughs> Three pointing what, back at you. Jade just said the best thing. 
What did, did you, you say, say Deuce? Go on, Jade. I've smoked my friend's pubes before. <laughs> is, is there a reason? Is there a reason? Smoked them, like, smoked them like a fish or in I, a bag. I, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, one of them big egg smokers <laughs> that <everyone laughs> in the garden. <laughs> Green egg. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Uh, was there really? a reason? Was that just a challenge? Or? I was embroiled in a uh, in a prank war in my first year of uni. Uh, uh, I wasn't in, I wasn't either side, but there were two sides that was were doing it, and I got because Clash. I went over to the house of one of them. Collateral damage. Yeah, I, I got involved, but basically, um, one of them cut his pubes up and put it in his tobacco pouch. But I'd had cigarettes from that tobacco pouch without oh, knowledge. God. Uh, other things they did, uh, like simple stuff like putting potatoes in people's slippers, that sort of shit. One of the things, <laughs> crazy, that, yeah. crazy. Uh, one of the things was un. This was really clever, and uh, I came up with it as well. That's how involved I got. Um, unpicking the hem of a curtain, putting prawns in it, and then stitching it back up. Oh, I've heard of this. Oh, wow, now. yeah, grim. That is, um, yeah, well done. And that then cutting the underside of a mattress and putting a sardine inside of it as well so you can't find the smell anyway a classic so that... one is, is <laughs> shitting in the in the in the cistern of a toilet yeah so it just keeps <laughs> refilling we did never go to uh... well i say i was about to say we never went to piss or shit but the story i'm about to tell you is the one of the last things that happened was and i'll be honest i was party to coming up with this idea so i am i am complicit in this but the, uh, one of the uh, perpetrators pissed in the ambipure of the other one <laughs> and oh, plugged it back mate. in the wall and it was there, oh, it was there oh. for like two weeks and the only reason he found out was because I ended up having sex with the guy that whose ambipure it was and in the middle of it I had to say look mate I'm going to have to tell you something that's got piss in it and I can't do any of this stuff whilst that's like that yeah. wow well, you wow. see, sometimes t- talking during sex <laughs> on a far grander scale than, <laughs> than we ever estimated. Ah, uh, I, okay. I was bleak. University I woke up. I woke up. Go on, go on. I did some about pranks. I remember yeah. uh, I fell asleep. I was, I'd been drinking. We did all, we'd been doing all manner of stuff and I passed out face down on the sofa and I woke up as my mate was squeezing um, super glue down my ass crack. He was going to glue my arsehole shut. Now, oh, I woke wow. up to, I, It was on the... <laughs> he, he got it. Let me... Hang on, babe. <laughs> let me just interject something that they need to know whilst you say this. Rich is so hairy, he has hair on that portion of his finger. Oh, Not yeah. just that bit. Yeah. That yeah. bit. There we go. <laughs> See there? Same as Pitt, man. I mean... Stu's a, Stu's oh, a uh, hair suit dude as well. Yeah, I'm not in that league, mate. You're looking they... at Rich's boldest spot on his body right now, which is his eye area. His <laughs> eye area. That's it. Everything it's else is covered. <laughs> but I woke up and he just got it on the bottom of my back. And I woke up. I went, what are you fucking doing? Fucking hell. I mean, oh, just have a laugh, just have a laugh. Now, imagine, <laughs> imagine that they'd got away with that, right? They would have glued my arsehole shut. <laughs> And I wouldn't have known. <laughs> I would have got. Ab- I would have got about my day. I would have. And when once everything sort of wore off, you start loosening up. You go, all oh, right, yeah. You go, oh, I'd have. I'd have blown my eyeballs out. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, 
I can't, I honestly can't even imagine what would have happened if you'd gone for a shit <laughs> what would you with do? a glued, a glued <laughs> arsehole. It's like, boom. Like, <laughs> yeah. like Violet Beauregard in Willy Wonka. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that's oh, insanity. It's not right. right, is it? I mean, that... Chris, did, oh, fucking hell. Did, did, did you get a bit pranky at uni, Chris? Oh, yeah, go on, Chris. Do you know what? Uh, other than all the pranks that we did, I think my favourite one I've heard from someone, which is just so depraved... It's called Hide the Poo. <laughs> <laughs> and, go on. <laughs> Please go on. So. It's I'm, a vague name. I'm going to explain the <laughs> Mysterious. <laughs> artistic. Mm. Could mean anything. <laughs> I'm going to explain the rules here. Ex- explain, Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> Bear with me, if you will. It might take half hour to get this all out. Go ahead, Dungeon Master. <laughs> My first is in salad, but not in giraffe. (laughs) (laughs) You have to hide the poo. (laughs) So so when it's your turn, because you do get a turn. (laughs) Well, you need to say, like you don't want to, you know, like Einstein wants to wear the same suit. You need to save yeah. all your intelligence for it's, studies. There, really. It's the ultimate elevator pitch. One sentence. One sentence. Three words. Hide <laughs> the poo. Where do I sign? <laughs> so, how Net- did you get into MB Games? <laughs> Net- Netflix. I've got a text message from Netflix. They they want they want the series already. Uh, it's a format if I ever heard one before that. <laughs> and basically, um, it's your turn when the, the last person's poo's been found. So um, I heard this guy and they were saying, so we've been doing it for like the over the course of the second year. And, you know, we've been found in all sorts of places. And I was like, this, is, this sounds like the worst game ever invented. And it was showing up in things like... Um, Sorry, was this guy like some kind of like Miyagi type like, that was passing down his wisdom? <laughs> <laughs> I was hurriedly writing notes. And, um, he appeared to Chris in a puff of smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Wax on? Wax off. <laughs> and um, anyway, so it got to one bloke's turn. And because uh, hide the poo wouldn't last for much longer than a day because of the smell, obviously. Oh, right. People would be like, oh, it's under so and so's bed, it's in the area. Oh, yeah, they'd be that casual about it. Oh, <laughs> there's a human turd underneath this bed here. I mean, there it is. It's to be honest, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not impressed with the gamesmanship. I think they should be lasting <laughs> way more than a day. Don't be like, well, it would never last more than a day. Well, All right, if you, well, with that attitude, it wouldn't, no. Well, this is gamesmanship there. This is commitment to hide the poo it came to my my mate and he did his one and for like a week two weeks they couldn't find this poo what this is disgusting I bet bet it gets harder because I'd imagine the smell softens a little the game or the shit it becomes just more over (laughs) it goes grey after a while and turns into ash doesn't it catch it biodegrade well, catch it, it always goes grey and hard in the garden and eventually it turns into a puff of smoke. Exactly, but it depends if what it's been preserved in. And oh, what did he shit in? <laughs> did he shit in honey? Close. Well, like Jurassic Park. What did he shit in? 
Chris, what are you shitting? Basically, one of my friends was making toast one day. No, no, don't you dare, don't you dare. And they were going into, they were going into the butter, no. and they were like, oh, what bastard's put the Marmite knife in the butter? Ah, fuck off, man. And then taking the butter out, taking a slice, the underlayer of the butter, <laughs> taking a poo in the flora, and then put the fucking butter Oh, on. my God. That I mean, is the that worst, is the worst university prank I've heard. I mean, I, I admire the commitment, but fucking yeah, hell. Jesus. That I, is I don't, disgusting. I don't need to that person. Thank God. I just, I just had visions of the, of the doing it in, in poo and referencing Jurassic Park and hundreds of years from now, they, they cut open this bit of honey and, <laughs> and, and, and they recreate this fucking dungeon master. <laughs> <laughs> and he teaches everyone his way. <laughs> we brought him back from the dead. He's a legendary gamesman. <laughs> they open up a whole park. <laughs> Tell us your stories of the games of old. Three words, guys. Hide the poo. <laughs> everyone looks round uh, like in Jurassic Park, like when they see the Diplodocus. <laughs> He takes his takes his glasses off. <laughs> so, and he tur- turns her he turns her head around so she can see the massive poo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you smell shit? There's a fucking gift shop, and they all have to walk through it at the end. Yeah, he says it's called hide the poo, and then takes off his hat, and there's a poo on his head. <laughs> Isn't there a scene where they're all eating ice cream? They escape the raptors and then they're just driving into the ice cream. No, there's that bit bit where um, Jeff Goldblum's on the toilet. Oh, the guy, that guy, the toilet. The lawyer. Yeah. (laughs) Found you. (laughs) Hide the poo. They spent so much time thinking about if they could, they didn't think that they should. (laughs) <laughs> I can't what a game. Oh, That's God. an amazing game, Chris. <laughs> I'm just worried that there's there's a lot of people that listen to this drunkcast, and uh, there's going to be some students, and somewhere out there, we've sown a seed of evil there. Check your butter. Just there's going to be a lot. Of, there's going to be a lot of people who listened to part one and thought, "Fucking hell, they're tackling, <laughs> the, they're tackling the topics here. Let's stick around for this." I tell my friends about it. It took uh-huh. a turn, didn't it? It took a turn. Come, come past three. There was a shit in the butter. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone kind of persevered with, with, with kind of pranking post uni? Oh, no, babe. Really? No. I fucking hate. I don't. Every time I've met, I'm someone, in my thirties. I've met a few people who go, oh, "I love pranks, me," and I don't want to see that person ever again. <laughs> I hate, oh. I hate pranks. It, I hate it, prank it, shows. It really was, feels it, as if Stu's about to tell us a story about a prank he did yesterday. This is where the, he, the, he, the bond He posed breaks. that question, then went really quiet, and everyone took it. He's like, Stu, Stu, I'm with you, mate. I'm with you. Go, Go on, Stu. Stu. So, I took a shit, and like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I used to work with someone that was very, very right-wing, uh, and weren't my sort of person. And, uh, and so what I decided I would do, he wasn't from Rand here, uh, he, he, lived, he lived up north, but he bought a second property near where we were all working, 
uh, in, in my hometown. And I decided I would get some local council, uh, the logo, and make up some headed paper and write a letter and post it to his, I found out his, his address in his hometown, and posting this letter explaining that as part of Thurrock Council's community care share, the fact that he was a sole tenant in a two-bedroom house, he would have to then house uh, a family of immigrants. Uh, <laughs> I sent that to his home and thought uh. nothing more of it, completely forgot about it, and then I walked into my, my the, the office I used to work in, where there was people, and a lot of Tommy Robinson sympathiser type people, and I walked in, completely forgotten about it, going, and I could hear people going, you're fucking what? What? <laughs> in your fucking ass? What? And, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd love it if it made him go back to where he came from. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so pleasing. Where's he gone, Swindon? <laughs> the thing was, he was he, he wasn't the smartest children, but I mean, I signed the letter off as Paul Meoff, and it was like, <laughs> mate, you've not even read that. But um, yeah, and it was like, right, what do we do? Like, like, and I was like, I've got to follow it up. I've got to like. I can't leave it at that. And, you didn't uh, go and find a family, did you? <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> dedication to the <laughs> to the prank at the airport, just like any minute, any minute, it'd be someone. I, I, <laughs> I sent him a letter threatening court action because he hadn't responded to the previous letter. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? That's um, masterful. That is true. That, that's that is my favourite prank. Yeah, that's that was I mean, he fucking—I don't know. Uh, yeah. You see, you see, that's different though, because these aren't kind of your silly studently pranks. My birthday this year, um, my my brother, who again, I woke up and had the most confused morning ever, because I, I I went down, I had a couple of birthday cards, and I had a little a postman note thing, like you know when they've got a parcel they couldn't d- d- deliver. And he'd written on it, I've popped the parcel under your, under your sofa. Close your front door, man. And a little <laughs> smiley face. And I was like, what the fuck? And I went and looked and there's a parcel under my sofa. But <laughs> my brother's a postman now. Not, not in our area, but he'd set it up. He'd put the, he'd put the present under my sofa like a Genius. week before when he's round for a USC. And then oh. he'd got one of them little cards and written on it. He'd written it in his left hand, so it wasn't his handwriting, <laughs> and popped it through my letterbox. Oh. And I, I was the most confused person in the world. That's excellent. Because I've been in my house on my birthday while I'm asleep <laughs> upstairs. That is excellent. That is wonderful. Yes. That's Mwah. a good prank. Love that. Love that. Chef well. I also guarantee also... that's not the first time your brother's creeped around your house without you knowing about it. <laughs> <laughs> or any of our houses. <laughs> See, the best thing... My... <laughs> And my brother completely isn't the kind of person that you'd expect to do pranks. He's not, he's, he's worse than me on is not really being into fun. But, but, but when he's into fun, it's the, the best fun. Because I was confused. <laughs> Back when he was on Facebook, he did an update and he said, oh, everyone's been talking about it. I thought I'd finally go and have a look at that, that Hunt the Gruffalo over in Brentwood. Because in Brentwood, there's a Hunt the Gruffalo and it's this park in Brentwood and there's these 
carved wooden characters from the Gruffalo and you get a map and you go around and you have to find them. I thought, that's out of, that's off brand for my, my <laughs> brother to go and do that. I scroll through the first couple of pictures and it's just bushes. And then, then the next one, it's a, it's a photo of, of Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> and it says, I found one. Then he scrolls on. And in work, he printed out five, five life-size photos of Mark Ruffalo, <laughs> a, a one of Janine Garuffalo. <laughs> and he'd gone down there on his own, hidden them in bushes and taken photos. And the first two or three, you're like, he's like, I couldn't see one here. Can't see one here. Finally found one. <laughs> and it's, fucking, it's genius. I've got them. I'll... When this drops, I'll post the photos. I've got the photos because he's he's no longer on any social media. But I'll post the photos when this that drops. Is, that is proper commitment. Was, I love that. It was good commitment to a gang. I love that. So, Rich, you're not a fan of the uh, the, the prank things and the prank shows. Uh, not what's really, that one no. with the dudes who um, the four mates who oh, the, uh, impractical jokers? Impractical jokers. See, yeah, for which me, is... like I haven't watched it recently, <laughs> but there was a period of time where. I mean, I found that as good as any beat, like any comedy. There was a, yeah. I'll agree. I, when they're on, that's yeah. one of the fun, that's, that's some of the most I've laughed. And it was oh, one of them shows that I was like, no, nah, it's not my cup of tea. And then yeah. I ended up being talked into watching a specific episode and being completely, yeah. I was I was exactly as we're saying. There. I was like, not interested in four mates nah. playing pranks. It sounds like shit. But, but Jay's, yeah. Jay's worked with them. Jay, Jay did a really? game show with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? how, how was that, Jay? Did Yeah, they were lovely. They were really yeah. great. It was. It wasn't a successful show. It didn't get remade, but it wasn't mad about babes. Um, uh, I didn't make the show. I just had to host it. But they were fab, yeah. and they had Russell Kane on the end, which was a slight odd move. But Russell owned it, which was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's yeah, it's really, 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 really great. They're they're it's interesting seeing it from the outside. There's uh, certain things that I would hypothesize that are said on the internet well, that the friendships uh, are true. But I was one of them. One of them's one of them's like in charge. No, no, no. He appoints himself as being in charge. Ah, uh, right, right, right. <laughs> it's meant to be a democracy. Tell him, tell him. Tell no. the people. Yeah, come no. on, spill. I, I, really like the, I really like the fact that it's the whole... Like, sometimes I worry about the collateral damage. Like, I don't like the thought that there's a, uns, sometimes an unsuspecting person who's been involved in them saying something ridiculous. But at the same time, sometimes when they're asked to say something or do something awkward, the joy in my heart of the them terrified that they've got to try and act that out is yeah. just yeah. it's beautiful it's almost like the same level of cringe as like uh, The Office or something like that and I love yeah. the camaraderie because they know it, each it other it works because they're proper mates yeah they weren't famous outside of that it was I'd them love... being mates and yeah. this, this that's why the, that's that's why the British one didn't work so they tried to do right. it here <clears throat> yeah. but, they, but the people that they got to do it they're all great people and they're all great comedians but they don't they're not mates yeah, so they didn't, yeah, they yeah, didn't yeah. have that link, so it didn't work. There wasn't yeah. that camaraderie there. It, it, it was a to know weird, to know yeah. how. But far. also, they're yeah. not that like they are sort of huge over here, but they're not really that. They're not mainstream over here, yeah. but people yeah. do know about them. But it's not something that's widely spoke about over in the UK, or it would constantly be in our eye line. But it's not. We yeah. find it and then love it. That's that's how you find those guys over here. So it was sort of them I'm, sort of trying to introduce themselves into uh you know UK. Uh, and you know as we all know from everything we've done the first thing you do doesn't always work yeah uh, y- yeah. you know have, it's all yeah yeah completely have any of you seen nathan for you because that's a similar one that's huge in america and completely overlooked over and it's one of the best 
comedy shows I've ever seen. And it's a similar thing. It's this one guy who is essentially going out and pranking people, but he's it's built as if he's kind of a Dragon's Den type guy. Essentially, it says at the start that he got a B in business at college and he's now going to go and help small businesses. And he'll go and have these ridiculous ideas. And like, there's one where he goes to a, a, a petrol station and gets them to sell petrol for like a cent or something. But you have to pay full price, but you can get 90% of it back if you put in a letter of... Like, you have to write and request it, because that's one of the, the big scams in business in, in America that you can have... You, like It's like the, hundred, the, 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 the money-back guarantee thing on all these things. They do it because they know no one's actually going to go through... Yeah. Jump through the hoops to get their money back. And with his one, he'd put it that you have to deliver it by hand to this post. It's all in the small print, but you have to deliver it by hand to a post box that's on top of one of the big like mountain things in LA. So on these big things. So the idea is that everyone won't do it. There was cute. There was genuinely queues round the block to get the petrol because as soon as the price goes up on the thing, everyone's like, oh, it's it's, it's this, and it's so good because three or four people decide that they want to do it. So, so it's then this thing of him trying to put them off all the way along the way as they're climbing <laughs> this mountain. And it's all to save like four quid or something. And it's, yeah. But he does he does episode after episode of that. And again, it's one that in America, it's huge. And I was exactly that. As similar to Impractical Jokers. I stumbled upon it and was like, oh, this is a near perfect TV show. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Completely, we don't know it over here. See, I like that. I like Impractical Jokers better than I like it, it pranks in real life. People that like to prank people because they want to see, you know, they want to see, they want to see somebody upset. They want to, they want to see it's someone brilliant. covered in shit. Yeah. And it's bullying. Yeah. And I, yeah, yeah, it's bullying. And I fucking hate that. Yeah, I, you know, totally. being, I, I completely you know, agree. So. And it's always, it always ends up being the same people getting pranked as well. Yeah. It's, like, it's funny, like, if you watch the, what is it, Summer Heights High, that first season with... Um, Chris Lilly. Chris Lilly, oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, obviously what Jonah's saying in it. Oh, just, I, just, I just punked him, Miss. You don't know what punking <laughs> is. It? But, I mean, the, yeah. the truth is that is a reality of bullying. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? Like, so I, I think that there is a line and you have to be careful I'm, on those. I remember things. I proper fell out with some of the HMV lot, actually, after one of our wild parties. Um, because, <laughs> because generally, we had a barbecue and someone spiked Crazy. a sausage. Someone spiked a sausage with with, with gear, like, like oh, with solid. Yeah. So they, they put it in, and again, no one knew who would get it because they just cut it open and put it in. It went, and I got it. And the thing that annoyed me was I was one of the only ones there who who actively done drugs over the years. Yeah. So, and if you if you eat, it is different from smoking. You, it is a bit more tr- trippy. It is a bit more weird. Stronger. So, I had a weird time. I walked home. Uh, 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 talking to my missus on the phone and then hung up and then rung her immediately and was like you're right I'm just on my way home and she was like what are you doing you've literally just been talking to me for 10 minutes but the thing that I got annoyed about was I don't think that kind of shit's funny it's lucky that I got it if any if any of the mates had never done any drugs before I just thought oh this is a bit weird but I had experience with numerous drugs so yeah it's like people I remember when we were doing acid when we were teenagers and you'd be drinking a cup of tea and then you'd finish the cup and then at the bottom there'd be this little bit of uh, blotting paper with a smiley face on it where they've chucked it in your tea and you go right that's me that's me lost for another eight hours now I've got to go to college in the morning and I'm all fucked 
Yeah, and it, that's and it's shit like that. And, but but again, because I'd done it, I kind of knew how to handle it. Yeah. yeah. But you might do that to someone who's they might have something wrong with them. They they don't know. They might have they yeah. might have. Or well, they could have something wrong with them something. after that. Yeah, exactly. After that, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. If you're not prepared for it, again, I'm a massive advocate of drugs, but yeah. responsibly. Yeah. Um, but no, just speaking of which, Chris, I've my my go-to place for going out for my a one hour of of exercise at the moment has been the fields over Langdon Hills that have got the cows in that uh, we went in when we were on our biggest tr- tr- trip uh, that we ever did. Yeah. And we just, we off our nuts on acid, just emotionally abused these cows. <laughs> we were literally just whispering to them like, look at how you're living, mate. There's shit everywhere. <laughs> it's fun. Like, like we didn't do any kind of cow tipping. Or As I say, didn't push them over. No, no we I just emotionally know. abused them, just literally in their faces going, fucking it stinks, mate. <laughs> it turns out they were just playing hide the poo and they were really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There it is, and there it is, and there it is, <laughs> and there it is. You haven't hidden this at all. <laughs> but one, one of our friends who was with us, who also was a big fan of uh, hallucinogenics, he was on a totally different wavelength for that point, and he was really like, come on, guys, we've got to get out of here. You're going to upset those cows. Yeah, we've gone too far. (laughs) That's it. Coco was like, come on, guys, this is getting... This is someone's livelihood. Like, you know we're all on the strongest drugs. Like, at that point, it was, the, it was the strongest acid that we'd done. We'd got the microdots. <coughs> oh, Jesus. Not a microdose, but we're an actual little, yeah, a little bit of the, yeah. the gel. So, yeah, it's like, you're on the strongest acid that we can currently get our hands on. And you're going, come on, guys. Fun's fun, but leave those cows alone. <laughs> I, remember being, I remember being out uh, on acid. And we were out near Seven Oaks. So we are out in this... Out in the in the middle of the countryside, and someone went, "Oh, there's a reservoir just up the road here." So we all went off to try and, try and find the reservoir, and we're walking through this field. We're like, oh, "It's just up here. It's just up here." And we just end up walking around in circles looking for this reservoir. And every time we saw like car headlights, we're like, "Ah, oh, shit, shit, quick, big, big, big trees!" And we were like, oh, just <laughs> "Like that." And like, "Hide your fags, hide your fags, big trees." And then we went, "Fuck this, this is mad, right?" So then we end up walking back to the village. And we go, right, there's a pub up here. Let's go in there and have a pint. And I walked in and they were playing the Rolling Stones, Get Off My Cloud. And I went, ah. And they went, went out. And he went, out. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> I was fucked. I was absolutely fucked. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I've never, I miss those days. I've never time. done acid. I've never done acid or any hallucinogenic drugs. You've got to be in the right place to be good. I, someone put mushrooms in my mouth once in Bestival Festival. I was working mm. there. Everything was fine. I was with a good, good bunch of people. It was like prime time. Like people tell you about doing drugs. You've got to be in the right place. Yeah. And they put it in my mouth. And I like, I just was like, no, I, uh, I, 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 I took the mushrooms back out. And it, I didn't tell them. I just it's got to be right. It's still, yeah, yeah still to it's this day, right. it's not right hallucinogenics are my favourite drugs by Same. a long way. But I haven't done any. I stopped doing all drugs except alcohol. We're all here getting drunk at twenty-one <laughs> because I felt I'd done I'd, I'd done enough. But also, it was and then I had one to of them. Because we yeah, yeah. drugs. And I, <laughs> so I'm done now, Chris. Fuck it, I've got to get through all this. But no, it, it was genuinely because. I had, or we both had numerous mates who'd had a really bad time on some of these drugs. And I just thought, fucking hell, I've had a great time every time I've done it. So now is the time to stop because I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got off. Again, it's weird because it then reflects stopping music at the end of our biggest tour 
and and all these different things I've kind of always I think it's it's always good to fucking go out walk on away high. when well, it's also... gone well rather than allow it to go Cause, because it is a kind of drug that it, at some point it's going to go wrong I think all, all, all drugs all drugs have that in them that ability yeah. and I think that yeah. I weirdly when we talk about acid especially um well, I, I think we were, I think me and you and not our entire social group, but I think that we were always kind of of the mind of, I'll take them if I justify it and if I think I'm ready for it. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that's so important, especially with hallucinogenic, like strong hallucinogenics. I think weed is damaging, seriously damaging, especially over the long term for many reasons we've discussed, but things like that, Jade, of uh, someone popping mushrooms in your mouth, like, uh, and, and I get it. I understand the, generosity behind that but there's there's a danger in that as well and you did the right thing because every time when i was young and i used to hear about people saying oh oh acid's awful isn't it? i can't believe you, you 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 do that and it's like i did it because i knew exactly where we was when we were going to do it and where i was going and i knew those people very well and i think the thing with things like mm. especially mind altering drugs is they absolutely they magnify everything so any suspicion or anxiety you have it's going to make it worse so when people do it at these parties and, and and house gatherings which is where i always hear people doing it that's the worst place to do your first yeah. trip if you don't know everyone there or <laughs> if you like you know it it can be a really good hit hallucinogens in particular yeah pills i think yeah mm. a club a gathering yeah. or whatever else it's yeah. it's it's that it's made for that. But even with that, in our day of doing of doing pills, it sounds stupid, but I'd only do pills that I'd got off our local dealer down here. I'd never, if we ran out in a club, I'd never buy them off a stranger. No. I'd never, and it's stupid because it's weird. I've been thinking about it a, a lot recently because one of the, the, the scripts I'm working on is about the fact that some of the nicest people I've known have been drug dealers. Some of the nicest people I've known have been sex workers, all sorts of other things. And that's never how they're portrayed nah. in films. But in reality, I was, I was thinking about our old mate, Sam, who used to serve up for us all. And then in reality, he was a lovely dude. But in reality, I'd imagine his, um, his product checking wasn't that high. His quality <laughs> control wasn't through the roof. Yet, I'd only buy it off Sam because I trust him. He's not doing any checks or tests off anyone he's he's get he's getting them off whoever but still it was that that extra level of caution i guess of yeah. not being off some random in a club it's funny isn't it? I, the last time i did acid we turn up at this party and then i got there and this scottish guy starts talking to me and he goes oh he goes all the we, we got there late and he went Look, all the all the drugs have gone well like, oh, that's all right we're just gonna have a couple of drinks here but that room in there they're doing acid in there and then the door swung open and there was a girl dressed in like leather, like this, like all in one leather cat suit. And the other one was dressed as Jerry Halliwell. And then there's all these fellas <laughs> with no tops on. And I went, well, I'm just going to go in there and have a look and just see what's happening. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so I went in and then he, the guy goes, well, we've got this acid. It's like the, the liquid stuff. And I'm with yeah. some others. I'm with some others. And I went, what do you reckon? Went, we'll have a little, we'll have a little splash. So, so we do it. Hour later, we're all sat on this sofa. The Scottish guy from earlier appears next to me like the shopkeeper from Mr. Ben. He's like, <laughs> big, right? and I'm there, and I went, oh, "Hello, mate!" And it was like, it was like someone stopped the party. They stopped the music, and I could hear him clear as a bell. He went, "I have all my own teeth," and I fucking <laughs> lost. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you 
I, I, I lost my shit. I was laughing so much. Everybody else heard it as well. I'm fucking dying. And, I'm, and then it seemed like we were laughing for hours. And then we were walking back and I had my shoes on my hands. And I'm going, oh, these aren't mine. Oh, no, no, they are mine. They are mine. <laughs> and, then, and then the next thing I remember, we were back at where I was staying. And I'm looking, we're all having a cup of tea. We're all chatting. And I went, oh, this is my place. This is my stuff. I fucking cool. And then it was fine. But then everybody left. And then the next wave of acid kicked in. And I had the worst time of my oh. life. My bed turned into a mouth. And I, I was trying to hang on, not falling. Like, oh. You know, like the pit in, in um, Return of the Jedi. Yes. It was like that. And I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Right? In the original, then, not, the, not the remake, where they put that weird plant suit, thing yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the original. original, just the yeah, teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, just the teeth. Good enough. And, then, and I was terrified of my, my dirty washing in the corner of the room. I thought outside was just like this apocalyptic nightmare where we'd been such cunts on the way back to the room that we just destroyed the city that we were in. It was fucking horrible. It was horrible. Oh, wow. So it, it was a, and I'm like, no, I don't want to do that again. My best night on acid was also my worst night on acid for a similar reason. So, so me and you, Chris, again, all, if there's any of the police that we were slagging off earlier and saying they're all bastards listening, <laughs> this is all just stories as characters. It's not real. Um, <laughs> um, we're not so real. me and you, Chris, had gone up, up Mud Hill with a few of our mates and I'd got these sunflowers and they were, again, everyone said, only do R because they're really yeah. strong. And we'd all done R and we didn't really get anything. And because of, of the numbers, I had like oh, half no. left or one left or whatever. And we'd all done and we, and we sat there for a bit. It was our normal spot for going and getting a bit trippy. And everyone was like, oh, let's, let's call it a night. And all of those guys all, all lived in Basildon and I don't. I'd always be the one that's, that's coming in. Um, and so I thought, right, I'll text the girl I've seen at the time because she lived over the other side of Basildon I thought I'll text and see if I can go and, and crash at hers and she, and she was like yeah head over so I did, did I did the other half because it was there and thought I'll walk I'll walk over there that walk was heaven like literally all of a sudden <laughs> as it all kicked in each street light was a different colour I was listening to Pink Floyd which is the biggest cliche ever but <laughs> it's made for taking drugs it's fucking heaven I'd walk past I've told Chris this before I'm not, I'm not sure if I've told it on the podcast but I walked past a, a JD sports poster and it was a girl on it and it said are you JD and as I walked past it just gave a little a look out the corner of its eye and then looked back just a little glance and then yeah. looked back and I was like hello this is this is alive so I went back and just stared at it and I made a I made a face melt so her face melted and then I was walking along through a field and I got to the edge and there was a white line of a, and it was a football field. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I can't cross that. <laughs> so I walked back in the other direction and somehow I'd got onto the football field without seeing oh, no. any white lines, but then I couldn't get off. So I was walking for about half an hour on this football field, just, just get into another white line again. Oh, oh. I can't cross that. So I'll, I'll go the other way. And then I did that half hour and then I got to one and went, Oh no! Of course, I can I can cross it, and then just crossed it. I went on me on me on me way. I went on some swings for a bit, and if I didn't try and f focus on them, these little creatures were darting around the playground. But if I looked, they'd vanish. If I didn't, yeah. they'd just dart around, and it was Ooh, amazing. Like so, I was on, so I was on yeah. swings for about half an hour. Again, anyone looking is just this weirdo on his own, just <laughs> having a wonderful night. And then it all started to wear down, and I got to me my girlfriend at the time's house um and she'd already been 
asleep and, Sh- and Sheriff Jill's like, just come in and go to sleep. And then I went into the pit, Rich, because yeah. I'm then oh, laying yeah. there. Uh, she's asleep and I'm now in the dark and I've not got all these things no. to give it the buzz. I've not got these little bits of light to make it these creatures or this poster to play. I remember I walked past on the way, I walked past a bakery and they'd obviously started early baking their morning l- loaves and I just stared because I could just see a fire oven at the end glowing and I just <laughs> stared at that for ages, just so happy. But then as soon as I got in this room, it was fucking hell. Because yeah. it was then, I don't know if it was half an hour, I don't know if it was hours, but I was just in the dark. Everything was m- monsters around me and fucking demons at the end of the bed. And I was like, I should have just spent all night walking around. Or yeah, exactly. walk back yeah. to Stanford. As regularly, I'd walk back to Stanford after our nights out. We'd do all these drugs and then I'd put some music on Always just loved having music on when I was on drugs. I'd walk an hour home or 90 minutes or wherever it would be. But yeah, it weren't right. on. So, right. so Pip would have taken ages to walk back to uh, his girlfriend's. And I got home within minutes. <laughs> I'd be okay. And then I just came up. So I was <laughs> yeah. all that oh, no. in my bedroom with my duvet like that, just doing roly-polies in my bed. And then I decided to have my first and last wank on acid. Amazing. And that was hard work, that wanker. It's weird, Nick. I was I remember oh, when I was wank. when I was having my when I was having my moment and I was like, I'll have I'll have a wank, it'll sort me out. <laughs> but I was I was doing the so I was so I'd start it and then suddenly I'd I'd come but I didn't have the orgasm. I was like I started it and then suddenly <laughs> I'm I'm covered in you know oh, that's rubbish. And it was rubbish. It was rubbish. My own achievement. Well done, I had a mate. I had a yeah. Well done. I had a mate who um, he got arrested. It's paid out, but you didn't get the rush of the win. <laughs> You've done something well somewhere, but I don't know where or why. I had a mate who got a mate of mine. He got arrested, and he had seven pills on him. And he went. So when he just as they were like they were going to take him away, he took them. So he took seven pills. Yeah. Because he's like, I don't want to get caught fucking with these. Hell. And he ended up doing just doing press-ups in the cell all fucking night. <laughs> 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 just <laughs> so, yeah, you, you mean, it's, I, I, I'm a massive advocate for taking drugs, but at the same time, you know, you've got to, it's got to be the right environment. It's the right, the right time and, and the right yeah. place and, and safely. I remember the last ever time I did pills. I did pills at Reading once for the streets. And it didn't do anything for me. And it was a big, big letdown. But the time before that, I went... And it's also the last time I went out on New Year's Eve. So I went to an illegal, like, warehouse party. With that same girl, actually. And we did some pills. And all I remember, really, is that we are at the end of the night. It was around m- midnight. We were standing on the street in London. And she was finding it hilarious to spit in my face. Oh, and wow. I wasn't, <laughs> and I wasn't. And I was like... This ain't great, is it? I'm done with this, I think. <laughs> I, think I think it ended the relationship, my relationship with drugs and my relationship with New Year's Eve. So it was a, it was a hell of a, it was a hell of an incident. Wow. A life-changing incident, but yeah. I'll tell you what, though, drugs, drugs have done a good thing. I went to see Ian Brown at Brixton Academy. And, um, and so everyone was there all excited. It's Ian Brown. He's cool as fuck. And he's, he walks out. And we're like, oh, Ian Brown. And then it turns out Ian Brown cannot sing for fucking toffee he's he's a calling <laughs> he cannot sing and we're all going the whole of Brixton academy are like as well going we're all looking at each other going oh my god this is this is really bad and then we all oh, took no. a pill it was like loads of it felt like the whole place took a pill yeah. 
all and at once. We stood there and we're going, we're going. Oh man, I don't know what to do with this. And then as he, as he, as the opening bastard made of stone kicked in, it was like the whole place came up at the same time. And it was one of the best gigs I've ever been to. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and then I just remember, like, like two minutes in, we we're like. You know, sometimes I <laughs> fantasize. Like, everyone's roaring. The beautiful thing the about that, things. Rich. The beautiful thing about that, Rich, is really and truly the only person who we definitely know who came up at that point was you. And, right. <laughs> and, and the funny thing about drugs is, especially ecstasy, is that it gives you that insane feeling of communion and euphoria with everyone. But. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, that that's what they're feeling. Mate, right? mate. They're no. so in the club, like, but yeah. yeah. I, I'd love to they see. Might be like, they might be absolutely normal. And you're like, oh, we're all having the best time. We all dropped at the same time. I'd love to see video footage of it. But I think that all of us were like tops off, and we're fucking one love and all that shit. I bet. But if you see video footage, it's just me top off and everyone going, <laughs> who's that cunt? <laughs> Rich, I, did, um, I did, sorry, Pip, but d- d- no, very similar to this. When we finished our degree, the Doors, minus Jim Morrison, were doing a gig. In, and me and Chu were talking about this the other day. And it was the, a very small period in UK legislation where magic mushrooms were legal. Yeah. And me and two other friends bought a box each, ate them all, and watched the Doors. And it was incredible. Wow. I, I, and again, no, you need to each time you say it, say watch the doors minus Jim Morrison. I'm not having, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I'm not having it otherwise because it's very much not the doors. But go on. <laughs> was it with it was incredible? Was it with Ian Asprey? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stu knows because he always has to fill in for me here because I don't know shit about music. But he's like, yes, it was Ian Asprey. Uh, and, yeah. and when Stu finished his studies, he saw the actual doors with Jim Morrison, didn't he? Because that was <laughs> that was that was the era. <laughs> but when, oh, thank you. Nineteen sixty-nine, man. I had this you. same thing of like um, that. Like everyone was just in euphoria. It was an insane gig, thank and you. then when it ended. <laughs> I really realised how high and fuck we were. It was me and my other two mates, <laughs> barely any clothes on, and like we couldn't stand up in the like in, in the back seats. We were falling over, laughing hysterically, and we were like, "Oh my god!" And we noticed because people were walking past us, and they were laughing, but we just couldn't keep our shit together. And then at that moment, when the lights <laughs> came on, we were like, "Oh god, we've got no control oh, of our own bodies," and uh, and then it it's... went really weird. And then it went weird. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my penis. And then it went weird. There's two things that come to mind on all this. Is um, Number one, drugs was, I think, what made Chris stop trying to get me into dance music. And, and just, because again, it's one of them that I could never get into it. And then one year, I watched the chemical brothers at a festival on pills and I didn't get it. So it's like, I'm what? not going to get it. I'm not going to get Mate, it. It's just, you, it's one of them where I, I'm sure it was then that Chris went, all right, well, it's not worth trying then really. Cause you've literally got the, the perfect snow. They're headlining a stage. We're in a field. We're on drugs. And I'm like, just don't yeah. get it. Just don't. It's like, it's like saying for ages, like, no, you're going to love it. I've tried my best. Yeah. I've tried yeah. my best. You've got the ultimate, that's the ultimate experiment. It's like saying, yeah. like, you're, you pip, you're going to love sandwiches, mate. You're going to love sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, but I've had sandwiches before. No, no, not like this. And then you get the bread and you get everything else. You go, nah, just don't dig it, mate. And it's it's like, all you've right, had, I'll leave it. Let's you've had everything. It. You had the Chemical <laughs> Brothers at a festival on drugs. 
That's it. Was like, no, if you still aren't into dance it. music after that, that's yeah, you're no, done. No, exactly. I'm I'm allowed to tap out. But the other thing that came to mind is, regardless of drugs, there is a strange euphoria to that moment when a shit gig turns amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it one of my favourite um, festival performances <laughs> was Baby Shambles, and it was because of that. Yeah. So much of that gig was absolute horseshit. They were terrible. They couldn't perform. But then the literally two or three songs in their set where it all came together was such a buzz and such a yeah. euphoric rise because it's not like you go and see a band who's just professional. Like I'd, either the first or second band I saw was the Rolling Stones. And they were amazing because they're the Rolling Stones. They're yeah. always going to be amazing from beginning to end. But that one of Baby Chambles stands out because of those two or three songs that were good. The rest of the set, I said, was just a mess. It was out of time. It sounded bad. It was out of tune. But then those moments where it all clicks in, it's fucking... Yeah. Yeah. I had it. I remember being... Euphoric. A, I, remember so being I can a, imagine that with Ian Brown. It being kind of, this is shit. Was, and then when it's good, it's like... <gasps> <laughs> it was exactly the same. I also had it. Uh, Glastonbury, 2002. I was in a new relationship. So you're out to impress... And so I said to her, I'm like, right, who do you want to go and see? Whoever you want to go and see, we'll go and see. And she went, all right, I want to go and see. So, so we ended up going to see Nelly Furtado. Amazing. And I'm stood, in Nelly, I'm stood there watching Nelly I'm, Furtado at Glastonbury. I was in that crowd on the world stage. Yeah, but on the other <laughs> stage, on the other stage, while this is happening, Queens of the Stone Age oh. with Dave Grohl on drums. No, and I'm, and I'm, songs for the dead. Yeah, yeah, exactly, songs for the dead. And, it, and I'm stood there and I'm like, I can't, all right, I have to do this, but I can't believe that actual magic is happening in the other field. And then my pills Black kicked Bird, in. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then my pills kicked in. I'm like, I don't know what the is. I don't <laughs> know what about Dave Grohl? I'm like, <laughs> And I grabbed hold of her even tightly. I'm like, I fucking love you so much. This is the best <laughs> time ever. Yeah. Because of the that, drugs. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the last thing on that is completely irrelevant, but I watched a film two nights ago called Beats, and it's the oh, best depiction right. of the euphoria of drugs at a party I've ever seen. It's a Scottish yeah, really? film. Randomly, Steven Soderbergh produced really? a Scottish oh. film about two lads doing pills. The summer that the... In 1994, when the law came in that you couldn't have gatherings um, around of more than 20 people really? listening to music that had repetitive yeah, yeah, yeah. beats. Yeah, like, that's how it was written into the law. So it was to stop the illegal raves or the, what became illegal raves, all the free raves. And um, yeah, it's, it's fucking amazing. But I mean, we're at the three hour mark, but before we round up, I wanted to talk to Jade and Rich about one of the weird things in this whole pandemic that we're in is the removal of your opportunity <laughs> to do what you usually use as your creative outlet. You usually, numerous times a week, I'd imagine, get to go up on stage and create. Um, yeah. How have you found that? Because one, one of the things I loved was the week, Rich, that you were doing album covers and you proper put your fucking oh, heart yeah. and soul into it <laughs> and recreating these classic photos and you'd dye your hair for one photo, you'd cut yeah, all, all yeah, sorts yeah. of stuff. And I think stuff like that's important, right? Yeah. Was that a thing that you were like, oh, this will be fun? Or was that a thing you like, I need to do something. I need to create something. It just happened by, it was all, it just sort of happened. I think everybody, all creatives kind of went, fuck, what are we going to do? And then after the initial 
couple of weeks of panic where a load of people were going, right, we're going to do comedy online. And no disrespect to anyone, these gigs don't work. It's yeah. doing gigs. I'm doing a gig like this and it's, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's not the same. It just isn't the same. So you start taking a step back and you start to reevaluate. You go, right, okay, what, what can I do if I can't do that? And then you, I started getting messages from people going, right, do you want to come and do this? Do you want to come and do that? And so you kind of start to agree into agree to stuff. You, you, you're exploring different avenues rather than sticking to straight stand-up. And then I started to realise, I'm like, I don't actually miss performing. Like, I love it. I, I love being a comedian, but I don't, I don't miss it. Because now I've been able to explore all these other different things. I've been able to dye my hair orange and and fuck about and and Jade's had you know Jade you know Jade's had a load of stuff coming in and and myself and Jade and Paul Sweeney who's living with us and we've all got involved in all these other different things and and it's been it's been it's been a real like epiphany. It's like kind of go oh I've got I've got other skills I can do other things and it's been. I've really enjoyed it. We've 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 been able to entertain people in in other ways. It's been great. Right. I think it's important, man. Uh, how have you found it, Jade? And has it been kind of better or worse living with two two comedians? Because again, that's that's got to be a good thing for for, for actually finding things that you can do because you know you're all in the same boat, right? Yeah, well, I, you know, on every other thing where I've talked about living with these two, I sort of, you know, do the comedy thing and put them down. But actually, this has been the best situation a girl could ask for. They've been absolute gentlemen. And it's been a really great situation. Of course, there's ups and downs like normal. But I couldn't think of two people that I I could be locked in this long with than these two. They've been fantastic. And I think that's been the key for, for this is that everyone that you've that you're living with has to all understand the one thing, which is we're all going through the same thing in our own ways. Mm. And I suppose that's one of the best things that could have happened before all of this other stuff that we started talking about at the beginning yeah. has happened. And I, and that it, there's been a real sense of community just before and you can't, yeah. you know, everyone's, everyone's pulled together and, and been, and been tried to be creative and, it's hard. Uh, the audience numbers are, are just like, you just, your head's like, yeah, in a, in a club, this would have been a fine amount of people that are here. But like on the internet, like Kylie Jenner's got like 175 million followers and she's not a billionaire. Um, uh, like all, the, like all this comparison and all this stuff. And then it's, it's, I, it's, I'm, it's been up and down. Um, I've had work to do as well. I'm, I've got writing stuff in, so I've had things to do, which I'm really fortunate to have, but I've also felt as, you know, cause I, I love performing and I, I have a real, I'm bereft for something. And I know loads of performers I've spoken to who have been a- unable to be creative because they're so sad about what's happened. And they realized before a lot of us that this is going to completely and utterly change the fabric of our industry and there's nothing any of us can do about it. And it's going to be really fucking hard. And yeah. I've, I've just been going up and down and and sometimes feeling great because I've got Rich and Paul there and I can bake and I can impress them in my own way like I do on stage. Like, I tell you what, what's been really great is I found something that I feel the same way about that I do when I'm on stage. So I love making things that the two of them make noises while they eat. Like, yeah. just... <laughs> Cooking yeah. for those two has been an absolute delight. It's been my saving it. grace. And I tell you what I else as well, people because people can now interact with you more than they could if you're on stage. So 
there was a point I was going, why are we doing this? What is the fucking point in us doing these videos or doing this or doing that? And then I was getting messages from like NHS workers and there's a, there's a woman called Mags, I think it's Mags Doodles or something like that that's connected to all that we all sort of know her. And she sent me a message and she went, I just, this is exactly what I want. When I come back from work and I put the computer on and I see you lot dicking about in wigs and masks and, <laughs> and you're fucking about with food and you're doing all this. She goes, I, I need that. I, that and, and it made me realise like, oh yeah, we, we are still... We still, I mean, look at the state of that. I mean, we and James have just got on the best headpiece ever. <laughs> Very nice. But it made me realise that what we do is still valid. People still, it's, people need it, that escape. And it's finding what actually works. Like, it's the reason yeah. we've done more drunk casts than ever, because I found that, that that is the kind of thing that people want us to do. At points, they don't want a big in-depth conversation no. with someone on one, on one a, a topic. And again, because we're doing more and more, there's going to be points or episodes that Chris is quieter or Stu's quieter. Because yeah. in reality, we're in lockdown, man. We've not yeah. done much since yeah. the last drunk cast that we talked for three hours on coming. So that's the beauty of having guests on and uh, getting their stories and their angles. And I love, again, I think you're right, it's seeing the new things that you find and are driven to doing these times. Jade and yourself have been doing all these mad online things, these cabarets and all sorts, and you've been doing yeah. these creations. I know Chris has been working on scripts more than more than ever and getting real, making developments on stuff that he's, he's wanted to make developments on for ages. And Stu's been trying really hard to do handstands. So, um, <laughs> working on his tan. Head, headstands, sorry, headstands, headstands. headstands. <laughs> Everyone's been operating at 100, though. Everyone in this screen right now. You've all it's, been smashing it, guys. It's yeah. been, like, we're all doing our bit. That's it. Well, that's it. The, the amount of phone call, like, like, Stu will ring up and go, Rich, do you want to do this? And you go, oh, fucking yeah. And everyone's kind of lifting everybody else up. Yeah. Like, doing this now is like, when you said, do you want to do this? Like, oh, fuck yeah. Of course we're, all, we're all lifting. It's great. We have tenacity. And I remember a conversation with, with you, Pip, going back a long time to, like, the time of Napster and music piracy when it really became a thing. It was so important for you. And it was a weird conversation because I remember having it with you and Tom and you were rightly so fucked off about like, not fucked off, but you realised the gravity of what was happening and how that was going to affect you. Well, when and, our first album came out, you could kind of track the illegal stream. Like if there was a particular stream, yeah. you could tell how many people use it. And we'd had 40,000 downloads of angles on that particular illegal link. And if we'd got a quid yeah, or even yeah, yeah, a tenner, yeah off each of them, that would have been like, we weren't making a lot of money. I was still living at home at my mum's and to see yeah. 40,000 people getting something that we'd slaved over for free, when it's like, well, if you'd all given us that tenner, yeah. that's, almost half, that's almost half a million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking crazy. You know? that's, that's what it's, people it's, don't realise. It was hard to yeah. see. And it's get, brutal, and but my point being is that you... You, you found a way. You felt like life yeah. changed for you and you found <laughs> other things. Oops. Oh my God, have we gone back to Jurassic Park again? Hide, hide the poo. Um, you found a way and now you do all these other great things. Yeah. It forces other creativity out. And I know it's not yeah. always easy, but we can find out, like, what I'm trying to say is there's a, there is a solution, there's an answer. Even though you think things it's are always a... dark, there is a way yeah. out. And actually, the, the, the alternative you've not thought of can be fucking epic yeah. and it might it's not always be a balance as well isn't it it's always yeah. a balance like obviously 
this pandemic is in no way a good thing. But we can take good things out of it. Yes. Yeah. And we can come out the other end going, all right, here's what I actually value or here's what I prioritise. I think as something, again, that Rutger Bregman has gone on about for years and my, and my brother has gone on about years. He sent me this amazing sh- short story. It's 24 pages long and it was written in 1908. And it's basically a depiction of what we of what's happening now. It's essentially predicting oh, yeah. smartphones, yeah. predicting everything. It's mind-blowing. But one of the key things in that is it, talks about the fact that we're going to get to a point where society is based completely on all of our worth is built on productivity mm-hmm. and how wrong that is. Yeah. That shouldn't be the case. And I think that's one of the things that hopefully the pandemic will bring is there's been points where we can't be pr- productive and hopefully we can learn, Oh, we're still, we still have value and we're still who we yeah. are. We don't have to be, Oh, I've done, Oh, <laughs> fucking hell, I've done, 50 hours of work this week it's been it's been a nightmare and this think, and that is like yeah totally it shouldn't think, always be that i've yeah, read a hat to what jade saying earlier about sorry jade uh, but when, right. when, you're, when you're cooking and when you when you make so we've been doing a lot of like baking or cooking and we really like it i was lucky enough that i had a, um, a very simple bake but a flapjack with chocolate on it just a minute ago by molly but it's like the fact that I think sometimes we forget how important those things are and how rewarding and good they are. And it doesn't, mm. it doesn't have to be productive in any other phase, I mean, but something that's small it, that the rest of the world doesn't see. A little behind the scenes, it helps if you've happened to, in lockdown, have baked your first cake ever, and it looks like one of the best cakes I've ever seen in my good. life. Chris, Chris baked his first ever cake, and we were all like, oh, this is going to be an absolute mess. <laughs> and then his missus... And sent a picture. We're like, fucking hell, that looks amazing. <laughs> that looks like a delicious cake. Is it on the internet? Well, you've uh, not no, even shared no, it, have you? No. It's, a, it's a red velvet cake I made for her birthday. Can which you is share it on this screen? Can what? we see um, it? I'll try and find a picture. Yeah. <laughs> but this is bit, but... Don't do the bit where you cut it open and you show her what you hid in it. <laughs> <laughs> Ta da! <laughs> But that's I it. I mean, it. I remember. I remember Pip. Like Pip said, like if you're, if like when you're trying to come up with stuff, or you've you've got writing to do or work to do, and if you if you if you sit down, oh, yeah, oh fucking that's hell! Lovely. I want to touch that. That's oh wow! Yes. Oh, congratulations! Thanks, Jade. It, it wasn't uh, red because I ran out of red food. Dye. I was just thought it was red velvet. I ran out of red food dye, but the taste Molly said was like it was good. <laughs> It's a re- that's a really lovely, lovely well risen cake. Well done. Thank you. But it's like like Pip was saying, like if you if you sit down and you're if you're if you're ready to write and do and create stuff, you'll probably come up with the stuff you've norm- you've come up with already. But if you sit if you sit down when you don't want to, like we don't want we didn't want to be in this situation. Mm. But we've we've been pushed into this situation, so it's made us come up with stuff and made us come out of our comfort zones and from that we've we've discovered all manner of stuff about ourselves we've discovered that a simple thing like lemon zest in things will change will change the fabric of the cake you're making and, yeah and you're and and i've i've written <laughs> i've written stuff and i've created stuff and and that's all come from being uncomfortable did that take time rich because did 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 you have, like, when we first had this imposed, did, did you have, like, um, because personally, I had, like, a, a sort of knee-jerk reaction of, like, mm. fuck, this is fucking terrible. And, like, and, 
Well, and you the... proper jumped into work, didn't you? you yeah, and, and, and of, because, I need yeah. to be working nine to five. This yeah, is it. and 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 that 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 that's my comfort zone where it's like right. If I, I I need routine, I need to do this, and 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 that was my knee jerk, and and that that's that that's relaxed a little bit as I've kind of adapted to to you know the situation that we you know we're all in. But I'm just interested, like uh, uh, asking uh, Jade and Rich, how, how you found it as people that you know write comedy and are very creative people, and obviously I've seen that there's been a, a big outpouring of stuff that you've done on, on online. And, and I just wondered, was that immediate or, or, or was there like a, a kind of an adjustment period where it was like, fuck, what are we going to do? I no, think it, I stepped uh, in straight away. Yeah, I think I think as Jade stepped in straight away, we were all kind of swept along with it. It was like, because it's, you know, Jade's, Jade's a powerful force and this isn't a big flat and so you kind of go with it or, you know, you can't, you, you can't have, you have to go with it. You have to, you know. My rule is, if you're in my company, what I'm going to do is try and stave off depression. That's all I'll do in those situations. I haven't got time for us to be in a global pandemic and for all of us to be crying all day long about how awful this all is. We have to just, some, you know, obviously there's times to relax and we have done loads of that. We have relaxed loads and we're including that. But also, if you're in our industry, you have to just like you have to just kick that dog knock on the door you've got to tend to fuck off this is not the time to be uh it's this is a time where all of the things all of those podcasts and those tv shows and those stand-up specials that we have watched where they tell us how to survive and we felt really moved by it this is the time where we kick all of that into action all the stuff we've learned is for now for us to just fucking keep don't fucking open that door to it just keep going and I think because because Jade is our our situation has always been because Jade's you know star, Jade Star is in the ascendance and I've always felt I need to I don't want to be sat there I don't want to be sat there like doing nothing I want to be like I want to like sort of keep up so if Jade's working I want to be working as well and it's not not competitive it's like I don't I I just want to feel motivational right it's motivational like yeah exactly exactly and I'm like fuck I need it, it does and it spurs you on you go ah oh, shit yeah I need I can't be sitting back and moaning I need to get involved and I need to be doing stuff because the the one thing that Jade loves about me is when she looks across and she sees me I'm I'm buried in my laptop and I'm working on stuff and I'm and I'm not really paying her much attention she's like, like what are you doing I'm like oh, I'm doing this thing. And she's like, and she fucking loves that. But if I was just sat there like a like a dog going, ah, oh, can I have some attention? It would be horrible. She'd hate that. But just to so, let you, you know, know that if Rich's job didn't rely on this behaviour that we're talking about, I wouldn't be pushing anywhere. But our no. job relies on us to be like that. We have to, otherwise we can't pay the bills. Mm. So we just yeah. have to click into it and just go for it. And Rich, yeah. Rich always comes along with all of my fucking mental ideas. <laughs> He's really good at that. He just says yes to stuff. Yeah. It might be well, you never know where you're going to go. You never know. Just say yes to stuff. That's yeah. Um, and then you get Man, to... I've been dressed as, dressed as fucking pudding. I dyed your hair pink. Yeah, that was a good one. You are nearly 50. <laughs> you should see my balls. <laughs> well, to, oh, no. to, to wrap things up, I'm going to ask each of you what you're looking forward to when this is all actually over i guess essentially when there's a clearer message that we can leave the house shops will be open things will be back to some kind of normal so i'll start with just you and i've asked you this 
at this once or twice, but is there anything that's jumping out at the moment that you're keen want, to get I, back to? I just want to hug people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm coming. <laughs> Dude, just that. Every single time, like Chris, fucking, hell, you know, you come from my front door when we do a podcast, and like we have a cuddle, right? And like Rich, yeah, Jake, of course. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's the yeah. first thing I'm doing. And like you know, yeah. and, and sue it, me on onto no, me. Not so much. And, and we have a cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> I say, I, I say, don't think... you've gone through everyone. I've never been offered a cuddle at the door. <laughs> I, say, I don't think I've ever touched Pip ever. <laughs> Pip, Very few have. Things have changed now. We're all going to touch you from now on. Yeah, we're all going to be touching you. Tell you what, you're all going to learn a very, very valuable lesson when you try touching. It, it's it's so weird, there's, though. There's so many things that any time we have comedians on, and any time I talk to Brett Goldstein, there's so, there's so many things that we're similar on and familiar. But Brett is a big is a big hugger. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's got a wonderful hug, and that's something I've never been. I'm not against it at all. I, You're not against. I love a hug. It just doesn't. Yeah. I've never thought. Oh, there's Stew. Oh, a cuddle time. <laughs> it's, it's not something. It's not something that crosses Dude, my mind. He's very cuddleable. I tell Look you what. Him. All my insults. I love giving Stew. Look at his little face. Jade, Jade. What you've got to bear in mind is he's laughing at the moment, and when he's just doing his normal face, it is. See, it's far <laughs> more is miserable. The human embodiment of a teddy bear. Look at him. I remember. I remember when we used to, to do our club night, and there was a girl on the door, and one day she came up to me and said. So what's up with Stu? I'm like, what is that? Oh, I'm just all, like, I'm always scared to ask him or talk to him about anything because he seems, he always seems really angry. I'm like, oh no, that's just his face. <laughs> Honestly, that's just his face. Just and it is. Face. He's never angry, but particularly when it'd get later in the night, you, you, your face will drop more and more on the night. Gosh, and yeah, anyone talks to you, you'll snap gentles. into brightness. I'm like a candle, it, but the later it goes, <laughs> it starts to melt. <laughs> The expression melts off. Also, also, you've probably got to keep an eye on me looking like I'm too friendly. Yeah. Not yeah. worried about me being too too approachable. And I also, mean, about your face being cuddly, your beard pattern, like the grey hair, I, don't, I, th- I think I'm in company, people get this. You're reminding me more and more of an Ewok with that beard pattern. Like, <laughs> there's certain colour schemes coming out in that, and I'm like... You deserve Rich, a cuddle, man. Rich is the grand master of the Ewoks. He's further ahead. <laughs> he is. Like he's further but, ahead. He's got the he's got the dark tash and the white beard, which is yes. the Sean yeah, Connery. I look great That's... with a crossbow. So so dark. I mean, as we've highlighted the variation in in levels of inappropriate affection between Stu and Chris, I'm going to move on from Stu's looking forward to cuddling people to asking what the. Fuck are you looking forward to, Chris? It's, oh, it's, right. a, it's a scary question. <laughs> I, I'm finding the poo. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to Find know my girlfriend poo. that poo. But it's probably on top of that flat <laughs> I ate halfway through. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not chocolate. <laughs> uh, she got me good. What has he got? Um, I mean, I, I've often said about um, one of my um, Glastonbury moments is weeping at Coldplay. And uh, and being around yeah. like like two hundred thousand people or whatever, I think I've exaggerated there. But all with those wristbands that were all glowing, yeah. and just a beautiful moment of unity. I'm very much looking forward to a, a, a festival. I'm not I'm not going to lie, and I that's a great and, show. And I'm not quick yeah. to rush it either. I like I, I want to make sure that we've put this bad boy to bed. 
I don't want to rush out and do a festival prematurely, but when the time's right, I can't wait for that. I really can't. Yeah, we need to just gradually move from gatherings of six people to a a good group game of hide the poo to then (laughs) clubs and then festivals, maybe. Let's not... No, but that's a great shout. That is... That, that, that... uh, We've talked about it, particularly on when we did the top five songs that make you cry. There's nothing more to get you emotional than a song that will make you cry with a crowd of people who are all getting that same emotion. It's a fucking... Can I I, I be honest? Last night... um, there was like a 15 minute thing before the thing that Carol wanted to watch was on telly. And I went on YouTube and I put, it sounds so lame. I put Coldplay, Fix You, Glastonbury, 2011, oh. press play <laughs> and sat there <laughs> and I was watching it, waiting for the little guitar line. And, and like before the drums kick in, just to make myself feel emotional. It was, oh, that's beautiful. And, to, and but to hear the crowd singing it, because when you hear the crowd singing it, it's goosebumps, right? Every time. Yeah. I had an amazing moment on a, I was on a hill, a festival, no, uh, the little festival, the camp festival, the kids one, and uh, Ziggur Ross were playing in the evening for all the parents and stuff, and I was on a hill, and uh, they were playing, and I, I, it was like, it was such an emotional moment, like, I mean, there were other things around that were helping that, but the, um, (laughs) the feeling of there were just like I think it was like twenty thousand people, which is an incredible amount of people, and that they, they put these huge globes of light, like like essentially a sort of IKEA lampshade thing, but like they had loads of them and they were massive and they bounced them over the audience as well, and everyone had those oh, wristbands. Oh my god! Oh, so um, cool. from, nice. it, uh, uh, from my t- t- time of playing live and 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 doing music. One of the songs I've written that I'm not that much of a fan of because I think it's got holes in it, looking back now, is, is Get Better. And it was one of our singles. I think it's a bit idyllic in places. It's got some good points, but it's also got a lot of holes in the argument of of, of bringing yourself up. I can see now that you do need a lot more help from society as well. You can't just have it all on your own shoulders. But that song for playing live, even at the time I'd gone off it, playing live was just one of the most emotional because people would always oh, sing nice. along that chorus. And when we headlined a, a, a main stage at a festival, really similar, Jade, we had these huge giant balloons. And for that moment, as that hook kicked in, I just got to run around the stage, smacking those balloons into the crowd and having everyone just jump in and singing along. And it was fucking, yeah. That's amazing. It's mind blowing. Yeah. But again, it, it, genuinely, I've, I've said this a few times, I don't miss that at all because of if I was like sitting here right now, if I had a choice between being on stage and having people sing one of my songs back to me or being in the crowd for Coldplay or whoever else and being part of that, I'd so much rather be be on the other side of that wall and being that part of that, of that, that, that group experience, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. There's that, vi- there's that video. Go on, go on, go on. No, no, go on, Rich. Go on. I was about to. There's that video of Elbow doing. Um, uh, what's that? I can't Mirable. remember the song called. No, nah, not Miracle. It's that one. Golden uh, Sink Kid. No, nah, is it the one that throw those curtains wide? One day, oh, da, 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 yeah. Da, da, da. Like there's that. There's vi- that. Day like this, yeah. Yeah, day like this. Elbow, Glastonbury, and I've watched that a million times because it's so euphoric. Like elbow gets slated all the time, but 
Guy Garvey knows how to write a fucking song, man. Well, we've and, talked about it numerous yeah. times, Stuce. Sunshine on Leaf, the... Uh, oh, the, yeah. The... Uh, what f- football team is it? Is it Hibs? Hibs, it, I can't yeah. Remember. Hibs. Yeah. yeah. I've got... I've got I, I, I actually um, uh, spoke to Gordon Smart on Off the Beaten Track the other day, uh, and he's at the final when Hibs won it. Who's that? And, uh, he, was, he used to be a journalist. He was a journalist. He was a DJ. And a right, yeah. And, and he said that he was at that Hibs game when they oh, won. Oh, wow. And to be there when that Proclaimer song starts. Wow. Oh. Beautiful. It's, 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 it's them three. Right, I've got the three, and it's whenever I want to feel stupid and emotional, it's Fix You, which is the cliche, and but it's... It's fucking it's beautiful. You. Don't don't deny it. It's beautiful. It is. It is. And it's sunshine on leaf. And then I just tell everybody to go and watch Pulp doing Common People at Reading Festival when they made their comeback. And when he sings that line that you never get in the single, when he sings that middle eight, when he sings, you'll never understand how it feels to live your life with no meaning or control, and no one left to go. You're amazed that they exist. They burn so bright. You can only wonder why. Fucking hell, it's just different level. And you just it just makes you realise that Jarvis Cocker's there's not been a pop star since Jarvis Cocker in this country that has had any kind of fucking coolness or impact like him. He's <laughs> the last great fucking pop star we've had. I love it. I'm J- drunk, man. Jade, Jade, are what are you looking forward to are once this is all over? I feel Chris might have just stolen the show here with that answer because be now honest. all of us are just l- are looking forward to festivals clearly it's <laughs> such a good answer but go on jade i never thought i'd be the type of person who would ever crave a large group of people like i go to festivals i don't really stand in crowds i like to watch mm-hmm. from a nice place and i've developed my career in a way where in which i can make that happen so that's how i like <laughs> to enjoy my things that I go to watch because I can sit and enjoy it, but standing in mud in a coat in the rain ain't my fucking <laughs> isn't my thing. However, I had a re- and I've spoken about this loads, and I'm sorry, Rich, that I'm saying this again. You've heard me say it on so many podcasts, but I'm gonna fucking say it again. But I went to the Guilty Feminist live at the Royal Albert Hall this year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the most profound experience because I'm so cynical about fucking birds getting together and like fucking all having one voice. Like we need to like <laughs> pepper it up and have some blokes in there too. It has to be like general. Anyway, I, we get asked uh, as a group to go along and do a little, a little bit. And then we're just there the whole day watching it. And there was a bit where uh, a comedian and singer, Jess Robinson, she's super talented. She was on Britain's Got Talent. She does all sorts of impersonations. She did a song called This Is The Sound Of My Voice. So first of all, she's doing all the different voices she does. Natalie Cassidy is really great. Um, you know, she was doing all of those little bits and she did Kate Bush and she sang in the way of Kate Bush. And the line in the song was, this is the sound of my voice. This is the sound of my voice. And it was just that repeated. So she did it with all her characters and then she did it in her own voice. She sang that sentence in her own voice and it was sweet and it crackled and there was a vulnerability to it. And then she made 5,000 feminists in that room stand the fuck up. And I'm getting emotional talking about it now because it was, it was really amazing. 
but she made 5,000 people stand up and they all sang in their voice and it was fucking incredible. And I thought this is the best time I've ever had in a crowd before. And there was no cynicism whatsoever uh, about it at all. I do apologise for crying. Rich knows. No, it already got me emotional before you even... I went yourself there. It's completely understandable. That's so fucking, yeah. It was incredible. And it was such a moment because the whole day was glorious. Like there was no ego there at all. Like Deborah was fantastic during it and everyone was brilliant. And it was just a really like, just a great day of birds doing Mm. fucking great. And like, it just... I love it. That's so cool. It it, it reminds me, uh, I'm, I'm not generally one for singing along at a gig similar jade i'd rather be in a comfortable position watching and just taking it all in and not necessarily needing to be part of it in the crowd but i saw cindy lauper in brighton and i adore cindy lauper and i hadn't thought about brighton being such a key venue for it and when she she did true colors and uh, a a huge concert hall of so many people of all different backgrounds and genders and sexualities that was one of the times i tried to sing along and the second everyone started singing my my bottom lip went and i could not get a word out because it was exactly that it was that fuck this means so much to so many people who have had to repress who they are over the years and all this everyone singing that i was in bits but i couldn't have been happier fucking amazing jade go on there was a little thing that you said that i just thought (laughs) <laughs> and, it, and it spun me out a bit when you went, um, she sung Kate Bush and then Natalie Cassidy. And I thought, <laughs> did you mean Eva Cassidy? Because I just pictured Sonia from EastEnders playing her trumpet. <laughs> it is. It's one of her main characters that she does, doesn't she? <laughs> It's she, a character um, she does. Yeah, she does impressions. She, she does impressions, oh, and one of her most famous one it's ones is so Natalie good. Cassidy. Oh, she's done it on Cats Does Countdown, doesn't she? And she just did the whole thing as Natalie Cassidy, and it's one of the funniest <laughs> things you'll ever see. With a trumpet? Yeah, uh, she, no, has a trumpet she just does her. She just does her voice. <laughs> it's such a good impression. It's so funny. Um, Rich, go uh, on, Rich. Uh, uh, what are you looking forward to? Well. I think, like, listening to you lot, and I think we're all looking forward to be able to be gathered in a room with many other people, uh, whether we're, we're sitting, whether we're amongst it or but we want to be witness to it. We want to be, we want to be back out and we want to be able to be amongst each other, whether you're a hugger or whether you're not, just being amongst other people, experiencing something, you know, having those moments, those moments they don't come along very often but when they come along you never forget them I remember being mm. in, a, in a pub the Golden Heart in East London I used to work in a t-shirt shop just around the corner on, on Brick Lane and um, we were celebrating my birthday we were in this pub and we were playing Hey Jude was, was on and I remember I was stood on a chair for some reason probably off my head and I turned around and the whole pub is singing is doing the na na na's for Hey Jude and it was it was I just, I remember just going, this is fucking beautiful. When people come together on those shared experiences, there's nothing, there's nothing better than that, you know? No. And so that's why, that's why festivals work. This is why I think, we've talked about this before, Pip. We talked about this on your podcast. The reason, I grew up 
now I realise, I look back, and I, a lot of the people I grew up with, they, they're all racist and they're homophobic, and I see all this shit that they, they spout online, and, and it breaks my heart. I'm like, how, how have I not... How, I could have quite easily been that. Mm. And I think the reason I'm not is because of music. The music I've listened to, you know, I'm a big fan of Jimmy Somerville. I've, I've grew up listening to black artists. I've, I've listened to people from all over the place, all through music. And I think people don't realise how powerful yeah, music is. Well, music, culture in general. Yeah, exactly. Music That's is, why it's important yeah. to keep culture. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, like they... Yeah, we need it. More people should listen to more music. And and then and explore where that music comes from. And then, you know, like hip-hop. Like a lot of people, like these people that are racist, homophobic, they're all, they're into, they're into hip-hop. And you go, what? why don't you explore where that came from? You're not, you're not really listening to it. You know, yeah. get into it, understand it. And, and then you'll, and, and that'll change your, your world view. Like and, you know. Music. And then, huh? you know, I bet they exactly. like dance music. And it's like, well, but, you know, how far do you go back before you start realising a lot of that? Yeah, yeah exactly. Or, like or, or, or Jade's spot on there, though, of culture in general. Like, the amount of f- films that have had such a profound effect on me. I don't watch films for escapism. I don't need to escape. I watch them to enrich yeah. my life. and to, to. I don't need to escape from my life. They add to my life and they, they build That's up That's because you're always life. home early, mate, because you're boring. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. Out home early, watch your films. <laughs> you but again, it's some French piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. It is, it is all these things. It's all different kinds of culture. And there's the throwaway films as well. And yeah. yeah, sometimes you need a bit of bubblegum, don't you? I mean, it's funny. I got asked to do... I did Richard Sandling's... Um, uh, Perfect podcast. Movie. Yeah, we did that last night, and we did we did Seven Psychopaths, The Thing. Oh, great! Oh, and we did, yes. And we did, and we did Budapest, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Amazing. And we we're acting out these different bits, and it made me real because he said to me, he "Goes, I want you to send me three clips, a beginning, the middle, oh. and end from three different films, mm-hmm. and we'll act I did them that out." Years oh, ago, what? That's so cool. fucking it's, brilliant. It's, it's, it's how I know Brett. Me and Brett yeah, were right. on that night. That's where we met, oh. and we just hit it off. And isn't it brilliant? I, yeah. It's, and it's, it's such a and, good night, but that's it. It's, it's an opening, a, yeah. a, a scene from anywhere, and an ending. But he oh, made me realise because he said to me, he goes, "Right, send me because we need the dialogue and we'll act it out." And I realised a lot of the films that I watch, like Jade always, are oh, you like, well, because we're like, just choose a movie. She goes, I don't put your art house bullshit on. <laughs> and I'm like, well, <laughs> a lot of films I like. There's not oh, a lot. Forrest Gump. There's not a lot of speaking going on. It's a lot about the atmosphere and the. Normal and the mood people, of it normal and, people. And people are all like, you know, they'd be like, like, you know, <laughs> I like Nosferatu, the original and all that shit. And, and there's not a lot going, there's not a lot going on, or, but I'm, or, I'm riveted. It's kind of an ongoing j- joke on hardcore listing, but shame is perfect for, for that. It's the silences in that yeah. that make it so powerful. His performance yeah. where he doesn't yeah. say anything and just gives a look and stares yeah. and watches. That's just yeah. it's like, wow. So yeah. things like that. That's a hard one to recreate for a, a film <laughs> podcast. Like, it's so basically, knob out. <laughs> I'll look and you'll look and then he'll look and then we'll look. Like, there you go. That's big, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's big, yeah. No, no, I don't need a stunt double. No, that's, that's all me. Oh, cool. <laughs> can I, can so, I yeah. ask um, Rich and Jade something about, um, we're just talking about like uh, all, all the things that we're looking forward to. And, and we've, we've touched a lot on like the kind of, 
kindness of strangers and things like that and being in crowds and being around people and stuff like that. And obviously you, you don't live too far from, from where we're all, um, all, all live. Have you seen any changes in like when you've gone out for walks and stuff like that? Have you found people to be more friendlier since this has happened? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's Everyone's more. Calmer, calm. Yeah. There's more conversations in shops. You know, I've, I've built up relationships with people in supermarkets that I wouldn't, you know, people that work there. Just because I'll go in and I'll be getting around. You see these people on a regular basis. And now I'm more inclined to go, you're all right. You know, how are you getting on? Are you all right? I imagine this is quite stressful. And I'm having conversations with these people that I wouldn't have normally had, you know. <clears throat> so yeah, I feel it's bringing, it is bringing people together. Although there is a woman that works in the Tesco's in Leon C. <clears throat> and I've spoken to her a few times. And the other day she had a mask on. And I was trying to be all like, trying to be cool and like quite flippant. Oh, you know, and I saw her with a mask and I went, Oh, it really suits you. And she went, what? And I went, I don't matter. And I walked off. Because I've just told a woman she looks better with her face coming up. So it's not all, it's well, not all, it's not all great. But yeah, so people, Turkish. people are coming back together. It feels like there's a community building, which is nice. Yeah, I am, yeah. I think that's, that's, a, that's a good point to wrap things up. And I'm just going to spend the rest of the evening just watching live performances on YouTube now and having a bit of a... <laughs> Yeah, having a bit of a cry because again the fact is as Chris said we can't rush to any of that no but Stu's example of having a bit of time before the, the thing he wanted to watch the other night and just popping on Coldplay doing Fix You and getting that that hit of emotion yeah that's the kind of thing we need to be doing in this time to go alright well we can get through this and we can wait until it's the right time to experience it in person and I think we should tell everyone that's watching this to tell them all the advice that we've all got for you is find summer and have a cry. Like, just let it out. Yeah. 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 Completely. One of my favourite podcasts that we've done is with Stu and Chris and we, it's each of us chooses our top five songs that make us cry. And at some point in that podcast, each of us is crying one way or another. And it's just... I don't think Chris did actually, but me and Stu definitely had a cry. I definitely had a cry. I struggled to talk, but nah, mate. Oh, mate. we watched uh, we watched Strictly Ballroom the other week for the. F- I've never seen the whole film. It's my we favourite were... movie. So <laughs> we were. I was. I was bawling my eyes out at the end. Absolutely bawling it. my eyes out. Oh my god, yeah. Doug, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott's yeah. father when he dances on his own. Oh it, god, oh my it's god, too much. it's too much, man. It's too, <laughs> much. It's too much, too much. Well, and people we... are leaving this with a lot of recommendations. So, yeah. so if if this lockdown needs to go on a fair bit longer, then they've got they've got some new tips from yeah. simply ballroom to beats to to hide the poo to hide the poo. Excellent. Oh, Thank you all for coming along. It's been a bloody pl- a pleasure to catch oh, up. Oh, yeah. this, this has been great. Thank this you. Is, this yeah, has thanks. been my favourite thing I've done this whole lockdown. Oh, yeah, it's been this a huge brilliant. Top of blast, guys. It's Thank been a joy. And when this is all over, uh, let's all go for a drink in Southend. Oh, we're going to fucking do that anyway. We'd always do that. Guys, we've done it loads. Also... Perfect. I did drink this bottle of Bacardi before the end of this episode. So what is that in there? No. <laughs> oh, Christ. Ah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> He's, He's gone. Chris is gone. Mic drop. Well, thank Bye, you very much, fun. guys. It's been <laughs> an absolute you. pleasure. And I will see you all soon, hopefully. Love you. You've been brilliant. Thank you, guys.
See you later. Lovely to see you. How'd you, how'd you get out of this then? Just press. Stu won't know. <laughs> it, basically, if it's Stu, so just get really close to it. And then, <laughs> then it'll yeah. go away. How'd you do that then? See you <laughs> Love you. See you later, man. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. And there we go. That is three drunk casts that you have had. I hope you enjoyed them as much as we did. As you will hear, we really did enjoy them. That was really exactly what we needed in these fucking strange times. Um, and uh, again, the same as with the um, James, uh, the, the Ramesh Ranganathan and Brett Goldstein isolation drunk cast. The video for this is going to be available on the Hardcore List in Patreon from Monday. So, yeah, head over there, support Chris and Stu, and watch the video of the madness that you've just heard unfold. All right. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you didn't get offended too much or have anything that you deemed inappropriate. Um, If you did, I wholeheartedly apologise. We have no desire to add to anyone's stress in these times, simply to cause a distraction and I will see you next week on the distraction pieces podcast. Ta-ta.